help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Tzadik Dalid. We left off on Daf Tzadik Dalid, Amadalif, eight lines from the top of the Amid. We are learning the sugya of Shinui, whether it is Kaina, whether it's not Kaina. In other words, the Gemara began saying that Omar Abaya, that are five Tanoim that hold that Shinui bimakoimai oimade, that change remains in its place, meaning that even if an article that was stolen underwent change, for example, it still remains in the possession of its original owner. We brought the first, let's make a quick chazar to Rab Shimon ben Yehuda. Rab Shimon ben Yehuda said his din regarding the mitzvah of Reish's Hagez, that a person who shares the wool of one's lambs, you have to give it to a kayan, you have to give a part of it to the kayan, and as we spoke out yesterday, Medrabonin, a 60th. But from how much? From the sharings of five lambs, that's the minimum amount, and not only that, each lamb, each lamb needed to produce wool that weighs at least one mana and a half. Before you hit the five lambs, you don't have to give anything to a coin. So what happens if when the owner who was shearing the wool off the lambs dyed it, he painted it, tzavoy, so Rav Shimon Yehuda was the opinion that even though he painted it, which means it underwent a change, you still mitzvah if you combine one with the other. Because it didn't change. It stays where it is. That was the first Tana that Abaya says that holds, that Shinoi b'mekayma Second one was what we finished off yesterday with, and this is actually for us Chazara, because we had this earlier on in the Masechta, that when the Torah says in Parshas Kiseitse that that Hashem does not want for a gift that was given to a Zayna to be offered on the Mizbeach. So the question is, if a person gave a Zayna gift, let's say kernels, and she transformed it, or someone else transformed it into flour. So now, do you say that now that it's not the Esnan Zoyna itself, now maybe it could be used. On that, as Abaya understands, quoting Gurion Aspurk, that that's a machloikas between Beishamai and Beisilu. Beishamai holds that it can also not be brought. Why? Shinui b'mekayme Just because you change the physical thing, it's still considered the same. These were the first two. Now let's continue with the third Tana. Again, um, eight lines from the top of the Amid, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Wow, the time the time we learned Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Omer, If a person stole a a quantity of chitin of kernels of wheat and chana, even if the person then grounded it into flour, lush and then kneaded it, and even if the person baked it. In other words, the person totally transformed it. Now the person is separating challah. By the way, ideally challah should be separated when it's still dough. But if a person forgets, and in certain instances, for example, when we bake matzah for Pesach, being that we want to minimize the time from when the water mixes with the flour until it's a finished product, right? It has to be within the 18 minutes. Today we dafka separate challah after the matzah comes out of the oven. In other words, it's good to know that normally challah is separated from dough, Obviously, but there's a minimum amount to be aware that there's an old dough in Eretz Yisrael, dough in Chutz Laretz. Even in Eretz Yisrael, it has to be all the Jews entering together, which means it's Midr Abanan. Chutz Laretz, it's Kilo, a double Midr Abanan. Still, there's a shear, lower than the shear, you don't make a bracha. Beyond the shear, you do make a bracha. V'chulei. So it says, Rabbi Yezir ben Yaakov, you think you can separate challah? 
if you separate challah, ketzad mevarech, how can you make a bracha? In other words, you can't make a bracha. Ain't the mevarech, if you're going to make a bracha, what bracha are we referring to? According to most, we're referring to the bracha of lahafesh challah. But says Rabbi Yezir ben Yaakov, don't make a bracha. Because it originated from stolen kernels of wheat. That's a blessing. Elamanoids, you're blaspheming God. And Valzen Nemer, and on this, Dovr HaMelech says in Tehillim, that Boitzeyach, here we're teaching Boitzeyach, a thief, that Boitzeyach Beireich, that if a thief is the one making the bracha, he's not blessing God, he's Nietz Hashem, he's blaspheming Hashem. By the way, there are others who interpret that the bracha that he's referring to is not Lahaf Rishchalo, it's the Birchas HaNehenen. You know, you, 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 you did everything, you separated challah and you're making a bracha. And by the way, there's a halacha that if a person eats food that's not kosher, they're not allowed to make a bracha. Because you're blessing God. This pasik, boitzeya beireich. Here, boitzeya doesn't mean stealing. But here it means, you know, if you are breaking bread, which is not kosher, or any other food, and you're blessing, is you're blaspheming God. Now, if you would hold that shinui, a change in the physical object changes, so to say, its ownership, then you would argue, one second, the Ganaf only stole kernels. Now it was totally transformed. Not only did he make it into flour, he made it into dough, he made it into a, a, a piece of bread. And if it's considered a new object that belongs now to the Ganaf, even though true, he did a terrible act of Geneva, but why would we say, Boitzeya Berech Niyatz Hashem? It must be, Rabbi Yasser bin Yaakov holds, that Shinoi bin Aymed, even though it underwent change, it's still considered the same original item, which is stolen, don't make a bracha. So having said that, this is kosher. In the late 70s, when I was growing up in Brazil, my father, who was selling them curtains, used to travel a lot to other countries, and before he traveled, he always got a bracha from the Rebbe. And whenever he got a bracha from the Rebbe, he was encouraged to gather Jews in that location, wherever he went, and fabreng with them. My father is a great fabrenger, amongst many other things. So he, went, he once went to Peru. He went to a place where he gathered a few Jews. And the food that they put together was not kosher, to their ignorance. So he called up Chadikov, he called up the Rebbe's secretary, to ask the Rebbe what to do. So the Rebbe told him that he should tell them, not to inalari itreif, that you can't make a bracha on food that's treif. And you should make a bracha on the water. And it goes without saying that no one ate anything else. But that was a very, not musardika, that was an uplifting, intelligent way. You know, the Rebbe Vathruach HaKadosh knew what they needed to hear. That when they understood, they, okay, you know, like, how can you eat treif? Eating treif, don't make a bracha. How can you make a bracha if you're eating treif? That has a very deep effect on people. Vaiter. Rab Shem and Allah Zermayi, now up to the fourth Tana, the time we learn, Klaus, Elmer Rab Shem and Allah that kol shevach shishbiach gazlon, we're speaking about a thief that stole an animal and invested money to make the animal more valuable. And now the Ganaf wants to do tshuva and he wants to return the animal to its owner. But hold on. You want to return the animal to its owner. Let's say the animal was worth $100 when he stole it. Because of his investing, uh, he gave the animal a lot of food. The animal now was worth 150 So says Rabbi Shem Lazar that the Shevach belongs to the Gazlan. Now, obviously, he has to return the animal. Whenever we learn these Mishnah's uh, b'raises, but the 50 extra dollars, the owner has to return to the gazlan because he made it more valuable. Yadei al al In other words, the gazlan is the one that's going to walk out winning. If he wants, he gets 
Like I mentioned the $50. He doesn't keep the animal. He gives the animal back, but he gets the difference in price. Ratza, and if the, ganav, if the gazlin wants, he tells the owner, here, this is yours, take it. These words make no sense. Has to be referring to an opposite case, where the animal became devaluated. Became depreciated. Devalued. And... Nevertheless, he can claim that I'm fulfilling my mitzvah of a Here, this is yours. So the Gemara right away asks, "My comma, these words If the animal got better, don't fit." So Amar Hachi Yeah, the is speaking about two cases. Hish If the animal taka became uh, appreciated, valued more, then yes, the gazlan has to give back the animal, but neitel shivchai he will demand of the owner and halachically receive that added price. But kachash, if it deteriorated, then the owner cannot tell the Ghana, hey, when you stole it, it was worth 100, now it's only worth 30. You never fed the poor animal. No. He gives him back the animal and he tells them, Why? Because the shinoi bimekai Because even though the animal underwent a change, a negative change, it still belongs to the owner. So whose animal became devalued? The owner's animal. Here's the animal back. So one second asks the Gemara Iyachi, if that's the case, if the animal still belongs to the owner, then why should it always work to the benefit of the goslin? If the goslin invested money in the animal, yeah, the animal changed, it became worth $150, but here also, why would the owner have to give anything to the goslin? He can tell the goslin, you stole my animal, it's my animal, I'm keeping it. So here the Gemara says, you're right. Really, he would, ha- he, would, he, would, he would not be able to demand payment. Omni, they explained, In other words, as we're going to start learning in today's daf in more details, we learned already in Masech Gitin. Remember that? The Takanas Moresh, Rabbi Yechnen ben Gudgeda, that if a person steals a beam and puts it into his house to build a tower, then does tshuva. Really, since the article is th- still ben, it's just in the house, you would have to return it. But that might demotivate someone of doing tshuva. And we want to promote tshuva. So they made a takana that, hey, and once it's built into the house, give him back the money. But as we'll see in today's daf, this concept underwent various stages. So this is another similar takana sashavim. A gazlan stole. He on his own wants to do tshuva. But he invested money and worked to make the animal more valuable. If the gazlan is going to know that all of his efforts are for vain, he might not want to do tshuva. It's harder to do tshuva. To, 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 to inspire him to do tshuva, he tell him, listen here, you invest the time, now that you're doing tshuva, give him back the animal, and that time was not in vain. You'll get paid for the shvach. But the bottom line is, is that if kachash, he gives him back the animal, and he says, that's the fourth tana, that shinoi b'mekaymai oimid, gavaldik, and the final tana, this is all abayah chedra. As we'll see soon, we're going to go through every single one again. How great. Rabbi Shmuel, my, the Tanyam. Mitzvah What's the mitzvah peya? When a person has a field, they have a mitzvah to leave an edge. Not edges. It's not payas of the head. To leave an edge of the field for the poor. Here also, there's no minimum share. It's one sixtieth. Should be left or more. We say this every morning. Right after we make the Birchas HaTreda, the Elu Dvarim She'en Lohem Shiur, Hapeya. Hapeya means that there is a minimum rabbinic share, but there's no max share. You can leave 99% of your field. You just have to keep something for yourself. Because if you give it all to the poor, it's not called peya. You didn't leave him an edge. You gave him everything. 
But anyways, mitzvah peyol, ideally says that b'raiso l'hafresh menakama. When the grains are still connected to the ground, they're still standing, that's when you should leave the peyol, whatever amount you'll choose to give to the poor. Now, l'hafresh menakama, if you did not leave it standing, b'shoigig, b'meizid, you already cut your wheat down. Now, the way people cut the wheat down is that before you cut it down, you used to make them into bundles instead of having to run after every single stalk. And after you cut it down, you have sheaves laying on the ground. So says the Braise, then separate it from the sheaves. What happens if you forgot? You didn't separate it from the sheaves? In other words, you gathered all the sheaves and you put them on a threshing floor and then you underwent all the various steps how to separate the kernels from the husks. And now you have the kernels laying on the ground. You separate it from the uh, pile of kernels. Ah, but that's only correct if you didn't yet smooth out the pile. Because once you smooth out the pile, which is called Gemara Melacham, now you have the obligation of separating Trumas and Maisris, which you were not obligated to separate before the Meiruach. So it's not that you're off the hook for Peah. But now you can't separate Peah. Because in the Peah, part of it will be a Tebel de Peah. And we want that when the poor person receives the Peah, he knows he gets it and he eats it. So you first have to ma'aser, you have to separate all of the trumas umaisris, and then you have to separate peya, and then you give the peya to the poor. Now, the brais is stopped by the meiruach. Why? Because the Tanakama holds that if the owner of the field not only did meiruach, but he actually, he transformed the kernels into flour, he made it into flour, that's a real shinui, it's an irreversible change, now there's no more peya. Why is there no more peya? Because now he acquired it. And as we learned, Benegir Kahanam, Reishas Hagez, not only did he acquire it, normally, if I, God forbid, take something from you, I steal. Even if I acquire it, I owe you money. But if there's no individual, original owner to demand it, to whom will he give the money to? Any poor person who will come to say, okay, you owe me the money of the payer that you should have left, the owner of the field will say, who says you would have gotten it? So he doesn't, have to, he doesn't give the item he acquires and money he doesn't have to whom to give. That's the Tanakama. However, Mishum Rabbi Shmuel Amru, Af Mafresh Isa. That even if he not only made it into flour like he, he needed it, he made it into a dough, even though he made a shinoi, it still belongs to the poor. The thing itself belongs to the poor. So Mafresh Vinoisim to the poor. So that's a, that's a fifth proof that Rabbi Shmuel holds, the fifth Tana holds, that shinoi bimukaima I made. Great, simple. Now, here's the problem. As Abayah went through these Tanoim, the second one that we brought, we reviewed it today, was the din of Eslan Zaino, that she got kernels, she got grapes, and she made it into wine. Can you put the wine, Nisuch, on the Mizbeach, for Nisuch? Gurion Aspurk said that the one that says you cannot is Beishamai, which means Beishamai holds which would mean that Beisilol if he's the one that says that you could offer the wine on the Mizbeach, you could offer the oil on the Mizbeach, holds that Shinoi, like we learned in our Mishnah. Once you made a Shinoi, you own it. So how can it be that all of these Tanayim go according to Beishamai? When normally the rule is always, not only do we paskin like Beishilol, we say that Beishamai, Bemak and Beishilol, is not even a Mishnah. Imagine. So, Amar HaPapal Abaya, Ichbal Kol Hanatanoi Lashminin Ke Beishamai, can be. Amalei, to which Abaye responded, Nah, Yes, 
We had a contradiction in Braises by the Eston Zainam. By Tonachado Osir, Tona Eidach Mutter. So Gurion Aspurk was the one that said that the one that said is Osir Veshamai. The one that said is Mutter is Vesilom. That's his opinion. Abai is going to tell you that all the other Tanoim, they did not consider this a Machloik as Veshamai and Vesilom. They hold that the Tana that says Mutter is some other Tana. But the one that says it's Atzir is both Beishamai and Beishilol. Beishilol, according to these other Tanaim, also hold that Shinui B'mekayim O'aymet. Which is why they say this same. Bottom line is, Abaya holds there are five Tanaim that hold Shinui B'mekayim O'aymet. Comes along Rava. And Rava is going to refute every single one. Ah, Oma Rava, Mimai, hold on. Ah, Dilma. And by the way, we, we touched on this quickly when we were finishing the year yesterday when we learned the, the Toysvus on Omid Beis. That shinui b'mekaymer oimid, like we were not. What's called a shinui, even even in the case that we brought the first one, Abshimon ben Yehuda, that dying it is not called a shinui. But then we learn dying it indigo is called a shinui. There's different types of changes, and even in the words reversible, there are different levels of irreversibility. So the Gemara is going to argue that in all of the cases that we mentioned, there's a unique circumstance, either halachically or because of the level of change, which is why these Tanoim hold that even though there is some sort of change, halachically it didn't change the status. But generally, Rav is going to argue, they all hold that Shinoi actually allows the article to belong to someone else. It changes it. Let's read it inside. It's, it's, very, it's relatively simple. Only in the case of the dye, of the, the painting, Tinturaria, the, the, the wool, like we mentioned, because since you can undo the dye by detergent, so it's not a real shinoi. As, again, Toysavus points out, that even Rav Shimon ben Yehuda himself, in the name of Rav Shimon, holds that in other circumstances, dyeing it will make it a different article. And you will not be able to say, ah, I shared five lambs. You didn't share five lambs. One is already not even sharing. So one, is, one is already a something else. Even if it is Beishamai, or if it's both, maybe when it comes to giving it to God, because a gift that's given to a Zoyin is repugnant. So maybe this level of most, goes to the next level, even if you transformed it from one to the other. But if it's not being offered to Hashem himself, maybe Shinoi will halachically affect the change. The first thing we learned today, regarding a bracha, whether it is the birchas of Lahaf Rishchala, or whether it is even a birchas Hanahenin. When you make a bracha, you're, you're, you, you are evoking Hashem's name. Oh, not Hashem's name. When it comes to a bracha, and what's the issue of a bracha with Hashem's name? is something that applies always when the mitzvah is happening when you're doing the sin. That's for sure problematic. In our case, let's not forget that the mitzvah and the aveda are not coming be'idne. They're not coming at the same time. But what is allowing you to do the mitzvah now? The fact that you did an aveda yesterday. But still, it's a mitzvah that was only made possible. It was facilitated because of a sin of theft. So since you're taking Hashem's name, will stretch the concept of mitzvah habab aveda even if it's not happening at the same time. But if it wouldn't involve taking God's name, then, uh, then we would say it's a shinui. By other dinim we say that. You know, if a person stole something, and now you, he changed it, and now it's his, now it could be used for a mitzvah. 
but not when you take God's name. What's the case of Rab Shem ben Yeah, by the Ganev, who did Shuva, but their didn't is that if he made it weaker, he can give it back to the owner and tell the owner, Hadeshul Khalafanecha, I you made it bad. Maybe he was only speaking about a reversible change. Like we mentioned, he mal fed the animal. So the animal was worth $100 because it was healthy, and now it's, it's, it's too skinny. But that's something that is reversible. But maybe if it would be an irreversible change, maybe the Ganaf would own it, and he would have to pay, like we learned in the Mishnah, back to the owner the value of the animal as it was Bishas Ganeva. Broke a leg. I would say broke a leg before modern medicine. I was going to say that. Today, when you break a leg, thank God, you can get healed. Normally, when you broke a leg, that was that. That was that. But can they come at Rabbi Shmuel Hasam by the case of Peah? Elly and Peah Mishum Dechsif Tazov Yisera. So Bekitzer quickly in Rashi. So Rashi says Tazov Yisera that in Parshas Kedushim Tiu. Look at Rashi's name to the Parshas. Ksiv Lo Yisachala Pasrot Chalikzer, etc., etc. And it says Lo Oni Velaget Tazov. So that's the first time the Torah mentions you have to leave the payer for the poor. But ubeshoid oichesev, that's parshas emoid. People call it even until today shoid oichesev because on Yom Tov we read that parsha. So in parsha shoid oichesev it says again the whole mitzvah. I'm reading inside Rashi. And the Torah ends again with the words tazoi v'isam. So why does Hashem repeat it to tell you that pay is unique? You have to leave it, you have to leave it. Even if you made a change, you made it into dough, still leave it. Now, says the Gemara, hold on. Okay, I get it. By pair you have a Pasuk. But now that the trader revealed through the word Tazoif, that even though you change it, you still have to give Peah, you know, there's something called the Binyanav. Let's learn from Peah that even if you changed it, it's still the Mekrei Mohamed. So the Gemara says, no, you can't do that. Because Matnas Aniyam Shani, you can only make a Binyanav to similar cases. You can't compare apples to oranges. Matmas name is different. And as we find, he wondered. When Rabbi Shmuel says you have to give payah even from dough, is it because he holds Shinoi Enokaina, which is what Abaya is suggesting, which is what Abaya holds? Here the Rav is disagreeing. Maybe, like the Rav is asking, even Rabbi Shmuel holds Shinoi is Kaina. Now the Gemara says, by the way, if that's the case, now the im tim because it says that shine ain't a kaina. If that's the case, shine ain't a kaina. Then tazav yaseira the cause of rachman alamali. Then why did you need a tazav yaseira? Shine ain't a kaina. And furthermore, asks the Gemara, according to the rabbanon, the rabbanon hold it's only from the miruach that you have to give. But the rabbanon hold once you made it into flour, you don't give payim. What did they do with the tazav? Tazav yaseira the cause of rachman alamali. So here the Gemara says, I have an answer. And we had this din. What's the din? First of all, to know that, that you only have to separate and give the matnasaniyam from something that belongs to you. Something that's hefker, you, you take it and you eat it. So what happens if a person owns a vineyard, for example, and he's mafkered it? Halachically, however you do it, it's ownerless. Now that it's ownerless, there's no chiyuvim matnasaniyam, and there's no chiyuvim for trumusumaisris. But the same owner, the next morning, the Hishkim Labayk, he wakes up next morning, and he reacquires it. And he, and he harvests it. So now what? So says the Braisa like this. When it comes to the dinam of Peret, Oilalis, and Sheikh Hopeyam, Peret is when, a, when, you, when you're harvesting the field, a few individual grapes fall on the ground. You've got to leave it. 
Leilis is when you're harvesting your vineyard, if some clusters are still underdeveloped, so you have to leave them connected, you have to leave them for the poor. Shikha is mamish like by grain, that when you're gathering the clusters, if you forgot a few, whatever the number is, if you got a large amount, you can go back and get it. If you got a smaller amount, you have to leave it. And pay um, all of that, Yechayev, even though there was a period when it was Hefker. However, and why is that? So Rashi goes through case by case because for every single one of the Matasanim it says Ta'azoiv, leave it to teach you, leave it even though there was a moment when there was a Shasab tour. So that's what the Ta'azoiv will be used for. Okay, so bottom line is uh, Rava is challenging Abaya and it remains a Machlekas Abaya and Rava. Well, Abaya holds that all of these five Tanoim hold Shinoi B'mukayma Oimet. Rava holds that even these five Tanoim normally will hold, like in the case of our Mishnah will hold, no, Shina makes a change. Like in the case of Geneva. If you steal something and you made, it, you made a change, then it's yours. You owe the money. Those cases, each one has a unique din. Says the Gemara, Amr of Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, Halacha is, Kedab Shimon ben in the case, you stole an animal, the animal became weak, the, and the person does Shuba, he gives it back to the owner and he tells him, Hadei shul which again, the way Abaya learned, the way Abaya learned means Shinoi, the Mekayim Oemet. So Frank the Gemara Omi Amar Shmuel Hachi Shmuel said, Ein Shaman Loi Legan Nevloi Legazlan Vul Elul in Izakin. The din that we learned a lot earlier in the Masechta called Baila Metaplam Benavela, meaning that if I'm the Mazik, you're the Nizik. If my animal killed your animal, your animal was worth hundred dollars when it was living. Now that it's dead, the carcass is worth ten. So we learned that when they assess how much do I owe you, they don't say I owe you a hundred. They say no, the carcass belongs to the original owner. Shinui stays to the original owner. Eloma, I have to pay you the ninety dollar difference. So and Shmuel was the one that said that that's only a unique law by damages. But let's say if I steal an animal that's worth a hundred and I kill it, I cannot give you back the carcass and then only pay you ninety dollars. We don't do that because, obviously, he holds that the moment the animal died, it's a change. Shinoi is not the Mekayma Oymet. I own the carcass. I have to give you, sounds fairer. I took a living animal, I got to give you back a living animal. Or the value of a living animal, not the carcass and the difference. So, which would imply that he holds Shinoi love the Mekayma Oymet. Now, says the Gemara, one second. According to Rav, it's not a problem, as we just learned. Because Rav limited the case of Rab Shimon ben Olazer, the first white line on the bottom. Bishlam, according to Rava, that told you that Shimon ben Olazer also holds that Shinoi Kainan. Where did he say Shinoi ben Mekayim Oemid was only by Chasha Dahadar, only by a reversible damage. The animal became skinny. That's only by Chasha Dahadar. And when did Shmuel say that Right, if a Ghan of stolen animal, yeah, and it's dead, that's irreversible. Or if it broke a leg, that's irreversible. But according to Abaya, this is fantastic. That the Amar, that Ki Ka'amar Abshem Ben Olazer, even in Akhashu Dalehadar, Abaya did not make such a difference. So my Ikala Mamer, it's a stira between Shmuel and Shmuel. So says Abaya answered that. Abaya Masni Hachim. Abaya says, you Pashit had a wrong tradition as to what did Shmuel say. That Amr Abudam Shmuel, turning to Tzadik Daladam Abayz, not that he Paskin like Abshem Ben Olazer. The opposite. That Shmuel said that Amru, that there are those people that want to say the halacha is like Shmuel ben Olazer. And the way Abai understands it, Abai was criticizing. There are those people that want to say that the halacha is like 
But it's not true. Shmuel himself says, Shmuel does not hold of that. Shmuel holds, like he mentioned, that if someone steals an animal and they change it, it does belong to the Ganav, the animal itself. And what they owe is the full value of that animal that it had while the Shah Continuing the Gemara more about change. Amaisim, it change. Now, certain things will get very clear in the summit. A stolen article that underwent physical change returns to his owners as is. It appears, Mamush, the opposite of our Mishnah. You stole it, even though it changed. And ironically, he's learning it from the same Pasik that we quoted yesterday when we learned the Mishnah to tell you the opposite opinion. What did we quote yesterday? That it says, Veheshev esagzela asher gozel. So when we learned the Mishnah, we teach, when do you have to return to Gzela? When it is as it was when you stole it. Here Rabbi Echanan says the opposite. That it says, Veheshev esagzela, return that which you robbed. The words asher gozel are extra, and that's to teach you mikol makim. It was in all cases, return it. I it changed, it still belongs to the original owner. Asks the Gemara, the Imtime and Mishnah Seino. Rabbi Yechina didn't learn our Mishnah. The whole learn, the whole din of our Mishnah was once it changes, the Ganav keeps it, he gives them back the value as it had Bishasa Gzela. So says the Gemara, our Mishnah is Mishum Takanas Ashavim. Really, Rabbi Yechina is telling you a Chiddush that Midoy Raisa Shinoi is not Kaina. And therefore, you would have to return what you stole no matter how it looks right now. But as we mentioned, that will go against someone who's a robber. Because he's going to have to give back everything that he stole. So to make his life easier, in other words, to make it easier for him to do tshuva, they made it lenient for him. Now that it's changed, you get to keep it. Eloma, you have to give back the value. That's the way we understand Rabbi Yechanan. So says the Gemara, how can you say that? Since Rabbi Yechanan says that halachic is Mishnem and Vitnan, quoting is Mishnem that we learned yesterday by Reishas Hagez, so the owner, a man has sheep and he's shearing them. And he has to give a 60th to a Kayan after he shares five animals. But you have to ha- accumulate it. And if if he didn't yet separate the until he died the shearings of one, two, whatever, the prior sheep. So we're quoting a Stamishtim that says he no longer has to give from that. It's not even counted one of the five. Because a Shinoi, does make it now belong to the owner. It no longer is a shearing of, a, of wool. It's a Shinoi. Answers the Gemara Amar Luhu, Homer the Rabbanon. So a rabbi answered, and which rabbi was that? Rabbi Yaakov Shmei, Ledidim Efarsh eliminated Rabbi Yechonon. Now let me clarify and say what Rabbi Yechonon says. Here's a Chayin Chevra. Even Rabbi Yechonon is Maida that when you have, let's remember this, a irreversible change is Kaina. Shinu Kaina. Not the Mekayma Oimet. And which is why dying, according to this Tana, is considered a irreversible change. Once you died it, it's no longer considered dual. And therefore you are exempt from Reisha Sages. However, what is our Mishnah referring to? Our Mishnah is speaking about a Ganav that stole, as we mentioned yesterday, already fashioned pieces of wood, and he put them together into a utensil. If he would simply take it apart, it would go back to be exactly the way it was. 
A irreversible change is not kind of midday rice. But the, on this, Rabbi Echanan is saying that Midrabanan, because of Takana Sashavim, a person imagine he made effort, he put a utensil together. Yes, he can dismantle it and it will go back to the way it was, is. But that, the Ganef will think that all of my efforts were in vain. The Ganef will have it much easier if he can be able to, if he can claim, listen, the pieces that I used to fashion the Kaili were worth $100. I'll give you back $100. But at least let my efforts have value. They also have value. And, and that's exactly what the Chachamim did. They want to make it easier for people to do tshuva. And he keeps that utensil. Let's say the pieces are worth 100. His effort makes it worth 120. Because he fashioned it into a table. Now you can take it apart. Go back to boards. Go back to beams. Yeah. But the Chachamim says, allow him to keep the table. But the reason why Shinoi is the reason why we need a takana for him to, uh, to, uh, to be allowed to keep it, that's because our mission is only speaking about a case that, that what he did is reversible. Let's read it inside. He already stole fashioned pieces of wood, planed pieces of wood, and he made them into kalim. He is able to reverse them and to make them be exactly as they were when he stole them. That is why Rabbi Yechanan says that so you have to return the boards. In the Mishnah in, that speaks about Reishas Hagei is speaking about painting wool, dyeing wool. Dyeing wool is irreversible. And that's, that's what we learned yesterday. So Atkan we're up to irreversible change is kind of. Not only that, according to Rava, even all of the Tanoim that we mentioned are, agree to that. Those five Tanoim are exceptional cases. However, irreversible, yes, reversible change. Shinui, the Hadar, that is something that the Ganav does not acquire. That does not affect the difference in the ownership. When it comes to Gizela, in a case, not that the person was caught by Beisden. There they don't do no Takana Sashavim. Whereas if a Ganav stole and people caught me, caught a Ganav, then they don't give him a break. But if a person on their own says, I want to do tshuva, I'm moida, here's a chayin, I want to do tshuva, I want to come clean, I stole this table, I made out of stolen boards, the chachamim made it easier for me to do tshuva by telling me, okay, you got to keep the table, you stole the boards, assess how much it was worth and pay back the money. Correct, correct. Which is why even on this shita, there was Rav Shemba and Yehuda that says that uh, it's mitztaref, because he holds it's uh, reversible. And that's the question, is it considered reversible or not? In other words, it's not, reversal. it's not reversing by itself. It's reversing by you making another effort. Is that considered reversible or not? Okay, right. Turn it up on. Anudin. Hagazlanim, robbers, people who lend money on interest. That they now are doing tshuva, but the word tshuva doesn't only imply tshuva, but they want to return to their victims what they stole. Or they want to return the interest. So says the Braisa, remember this, the victims should not accept that payment at all. And not only that, whoever receives it back, Now guys, we have this expression often. Normally people interpret that the Chachamim don't like of what that person did. Look inside the Rashi here. It's on the same, if you look at the side on the left, go up like five or six lines. It's probably 15 lines from the top of the page. Ein ruach hachamim lechaimenu means that ein ruach chachma v'chasidus bikir boy. Such a person that indicates that in him there isn't the spirit of wisdom and of chasidus. 
had that ruach been in that person, he would, the victim wouldn't have accepted the money. Now this has to be clarified. And a lot more. Omar Rabbi Yechanan says, Rabbi Yechanan, the May Rabbi Nishnas Mishnazu. That this Mishnah, it's a Braisa, but this work of, this Tanoic work was introduced during the time of Rabbi. And again, to make it clear, when we learned in Gitan, the Takonas Moresh from Rabbi Yechanan ben Gudgado, Shehayid, that happened generations prior. But that was a whole different Takonah. That was a Takonah that a Faganov stole something, and that thing is Be'en. But it's built into, let's say it's built into a house. You don't have to take apart your house. Here we're speaking about something else. Let me just add the following now. Again, there are many different approaches. Let's understand that this was a new Takana that was made for people that they made their living from stealing. Or they made their living from lending money on interest. Which means that if they would have to return, it's not even about turning, returning the thing itself or not. That we'll get to later. But if they're going to have to return everything that they stole... They'll, they'll remain penniless. Everything they own came from stolen money. They, how can they do tshuva? So here is where they said in the times of Rebbe, listen, he owes the money. But if victims won't accept payment, it's going to motivate them to do tshuva. Because tshuva is really, like the Rebbe says in the Geras tshuva, first of all, from now on I won't steal. But then I, now I have to return what I stole. He, he can't return what he stole unless he'll become a pauper. Not everyone is, is able to become a pauper. Well, what's the meaning of people not accepting this stuff back? What's the meaning? The guy stole it from them. Why should they So again, let's, let's, let's limit this. If we're speaking about a person who only stole for a living, yes. which means, yeah, that professional thief, a fraudster, or a person who lends money on interest, a banker, got an idea. All of the profit came from ribbis. If they lend it to Eden. That's a person that, uh, and now you know the person on their own is doing shuva. That's a key, not that they were caught. So it's, it's very helpful for that person to know that he can do shuva and uh, he won't become a pauper. That guy stole money from me. But now he's becoming righteous. I should say, no, 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 keep what he Well, do you wording it in that tone, in that way? Yeah, yeah, Vakasha. You word it the way I word it, it sounds a lot nicer. But it's not from you, remember? It's, it's the Ghana. No, the Goslin, no, 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 the Goslin stole. He, the, the city's Ganav. He stole from every family in the city. And he on his own is doing tshuva. So tshuva means he's resolving never to steal. But he feels that's not enough. I got to give back. But if I give back, there'll be nothing left. So now that he knows that the Chachana made a Takana, that if he's going to attempt to give it back, he has to attempt to give it back. People should say, I don't want. Then no, then he's going to do tshuva. If you don't accept it back. But he has to try to give it, as we'll see soon. The, the Tanya is tricky. The Tanya, as we learn, a story with a man, a person wants it to do tshuva, again, on their own. So, number one, that guy needs to make a hachlata, I will not repeat my activity. But now he has to return what he stole. So he's going to return the money, which is everything he owns. So his wife tells him, Reka, you empty one. She's calling him empty, not because... He's doing tshuva. He says, you, you want to do tshuva? Even your belt doesn't belong to you. Your pants will fall down. Nothing that you have is yours. So so he says, honey, you're right. You know what? I'm going to go back to stealing. Because once a person feels that they can't do tshuva, so they'll continue to do their bad behavior. So it's a lose-lose. So what happened? So at that time, the sages instituted that Hagaz Again, people who make their living solely from robbing. 
which is equal to people who make the living by lending money to Jews, taking interest. Okay, let's add without a hetariske. Sheikh Ziru, that when they on their own do tshuva, ain't mekablin mehem. You don't accept, uh, the, the, when they, they don't, they, you don't accept, the victim should not accept their own money back. And not only that, now mekablin mehem, ain't rochacham nechem anum. Now, guys, there's going to be another detail. Let me just say it by heart now. That if what the Ganav stole is Be'en, then he has to give it back. And then you accept it. We're only speak, uh, the Gemara is going to clarify that. We're only speaking about the fact that what he stole itself, he already changed. But he owes you now the money. And basically, everything that he owns came from stolen money. Don't take it from them. And now we're going to challenge this. Let's go. Mesvei. Very unusual that in our Gemara, we're challenging one Braisa with another Braisa. You'll hardly find this. Normally, Mesvei is that an Amoira made a statement, so you're trying to trip him up by, 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 by a Tana. But to ask a Mesvei from one Tana on the other, what, what, you know, that's unusual. But yeah, we're trying that. Mesvei, maybe it makes sense. Let me just add this, because since this Takana was made in the days of Rebbe, Rebbe was at the end, maybe, at the end of the times of the Tanoim. But anyways, if a person who lent money on interest passed away, and the children who inherited also inherited money that was received illegally. Even if the children know for sure this money was ribis. You know, the father was a, again, he only made a living from lending money on ribis, which means that everything that he had came from illegally acquired money. Says the Braisa, Ein Chayovim Lahasir. Why? Let's read inside Rashi, the Chsiv, the Heshevest, Akzela, Asher Gazel. That the thief, the robber, has to return that which he stole. And Bahani and the children, like Gazel, they didn't steal anything. I, again, when it's Be'en, you have to give it back. So Rashi says, and really Rashi is only quoting one opinion that we'll have more about that later in the Gemara, that now that it went over from the domain of the father to the domain of the children, there's a Shinoi Rishus, so they acquired it. So once they acquired it, they don't have to give it back. Now, by the way, again, this is not, not something that everyone agrees to. Because many people understand Yerusha, that there isn't a Shinri Rishus. It's that the children go into the shoes of their parents. But the money stays in the same Rishus. But anyways, back over here... That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. The same thing. Yeah. They need to keep it. So one second. One second. Says the Gemara... Implying inuhu deloi. Oh, the kids don't have to return it. Ha'avim. That implies that the father chayiv lachs has to give back the money. So that, and you're telling me that in the days of Rebbe they made a takana that if a guy habitually is a ganif, that's all he did, then he doesn't have to give back. So says the Gemara bedinu da'avim nami ain't a chayiv lachser. Really, the father also doesn't have to give back. We'll get to more details later. Again, that's only when they do tshuva. He did tshuva. The reason why the Braisa is speaking about the children not having to give back this money is because the Braisa wants to contrast this to another din the Braisa is going to speak about which only applies to the children. Since the Braisa wants to write that if the father left for them an identifiable object which is, for example, the father stole a cow, the father stole a talus, or any distinct object and they inherited it, says the Braise of the children, Chayovim Lahachser, the children have to give it back. Why? One second. The Heshev is only on the Ganav. 
And Ashi quoted the opinion that once the children inherit, it's a shinui reshus. So why do they have to give it back? So the Bryson says they have to give it back. Mipnei kovid avim. For kibud avaim. Kibud avaim doesn't end when the parent passes away. And now that this is a distinct object, everybody knows, ah, Chaim's cow, that cow was stolen. And every time they see the cow, ah, Chaim stole that cow. Money is different. Because even if it's the same dollar bill, it's not distinct. So since the, the Seifa is, is contrasting and telling you a unique din regarding the children, is toneration ha'amabididu. So the Gemara says, by the way, what children have to honor the parent? If the parent is a wicked robber, why don't we say, when it says in Pasha's Mishpatim, the Nasi Ba'amcha, a prince amongst your nation, you shall not curse. So on this, our sages teach us that who can you not curse? What prince, what leader can you not curse? Only if he is Ba'amcha. Ba'amcha means Ba'oisa Maisi Amcha. Only if he's behaving like a Jew, keeping the mitzvahs. But if not, you're not obligated to honor a Nasi, and you're not honor, a person is not obligated to honor one's father if they are sinners. By the way, this so doesn't apply today. Today we look at Yidin der Tinnik, Tarekim Shanishbu. God forbid for people to learn this and to think they don't have to honor the parents, they don't keep kosher yet. But here we're speaking about cases where the parents were educated, then they know, and they rebelled. Then there's no mitzvah of Kibbut so answers the Gemara that just like Rav Pinchas answered elsewhere, that we're speaking only in a case where Bisha Asa Tshuva, Hachinami Bisha Asa Tshuva. So we're speaking about a father who did Tshuva. And then he died. And here the Braisa tells you that the children, if they inherited a distinct stolen object, they have to give it back. They have to honor their parents. So the Gemara asks the obvious question. If the father did Tshuva, then why didn't the father give back the cow? Part of doing Tshuva... It's two steps. First, I won't steal again. But now I have to uh, make restitution. I got to make right to my uh, limited ability what I wronged. Yeah, that's the nature of tshuva. Yeah, he did tshuva and he didn't have an opportunity yet to return it. Well, let's say even better that at you know, the last moment of a person's life, everyone does tshuva. Did tshuva. Right, the Toshima, we're challenging this takana that we're saying was made in the days of Rebbe, that a habitual Ganef that on his own does tshuva, even though he returns, no one should accept it. It says in Ebraisa, Hagazlonim. Very good. No, the answer is, okay, the answer is, is that when, when even these gazlonim, if what they stole is be'en, they have to return it. Even if everything they have. No, no, no. If it's be'en, if it's be'en, we're going to get to this in the end of the Amit. If it's be'en, then you accept it back. Money is different. Money is not called distinct. If it's a distinct object, then you have to give it back. That this guy, the belt, the belt... Yeah, the belt that his wife told him, even your belt is not yours, he didn't steal the belt. But she was telling him that everything that you have came from stolen money. That's important. So now, a robber, someone who lends money for interest, even if they already collected it, they have to return it. So one second, what are you talking about? Gazlanim don't collect. No, Amalva Beribis someone who, even though he collected the interest and it was given to him, but since the trader is against giving and receiving interest, you have to give it back. But how can you say, if you didn't collect the gazelle yet and returning it? 
I mean, how corrupt do you get? If it's stolen, you don't say the Gazlan collected his gazela. I mean, you have to be, I'm from Brazil. It's so corrupt over there that, that they look at it that way. That the, 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 the mayor feels that he didn't collect his gazela yet. But that's, that's Meshuggah. And if loy gazel, loy gazel, that word doesn't go by gazela, so the Gemara clarifies, ha hagazlanim. The Bryce is speaking about people who lend money on interest. And the Bryce wants to tell you that they are called robbers. And even though the person who borrowed the money agreed, agreed to pay it, without a hetarisk, it's gazela. So it says the Bryce, even though the person already collected the interest, he has to return the money. But now what's the problem? What did we just learn? That what did they make with Yemei Rebbe? That no, he doesn't have to return it. So the Gemara says, Omri Machzirim, the Ganev who does Tshuva has to attempt to return it. However, the one who gave the interest should not take it. So asks the Gemara, so why does he have to give it? Answers the Gemara, let's say, see, they so you have a Gavaldika psychology. Now you have to understand like this. The Ganev has to make the attempt to return it. But the fact that he knows that the Yemei Rebbe, they made a Takana, that the victim, in most cases, will not accept it, it makes it easier for him to attempt to give it back. It's like it's a lot, it's a lot easier to invite guests when you know they're not coming. You're the Grace Knacker. Come over. And you, like you become more hospitable. And then every now and then, there's one guy that says, yes, I'm coming over. And then you're stuck. Which, but the point is, is that this interesting dynamic of the Ganav has to attempt to return it, and he's Yoytzi Yedei Shomayim. But to, to inspire him to be Yoytzi Yedei Shomayim, very good. The Rebbe made this takana. Toshima, another attempted refutation. It says in Hebrai, Sohoroyim, people who are shepherds, and as we learned earlier on, because shepherds, sadly, many times used to allow the animals that they are shepherding to uh, graze in other people's fields. So many shepherds are considered thieves. Or tax collectors. Tax collectors, again, this I can identify with. Tax collectors in any corrupt country are the biggest thieves. Or same people in customs. Again, in most countries... They are mamush ganovim. Because, you know, they have the right to compensate all of your gold and they make a deal with you. So all of these people, tshuva some kosher. It's hard for them to do tshuva. However, but if they know from whom they stole, they have to give it back. So clearly, here we have a person who made his living by being a tax collector. He's a ganif, he's a gazlin, he's a chamson. And if he knows who his victims are, you have to give it back. And Rebbe says, you don't have to give it back. So they gave the same answer. No, Rebbe didn't say you don't have to give it back. Rebbe says, give it back. But the victim should not accept it. Omni Machzidim, they have to make their attempt at Shuva by attempting to return everything that they took. They ate Mikhabla Behem, but they don't have to, you don't accept it. So why do they have to give it back? Here the Gemara says, this answer will not fly. Because how can we say that it's hard for them to do Shuva? Why is it hard for them to do tshuva? If you know that you're going to try to give the money back and no one is going to take it from you, it's not that hard. The Braitha goes on and says that if they have other monies and they don't even know who the victims are, so what should you do? person stole from others. They don't know who the others are. You have to return it. So says the Braitha, 
give money which will be used for the benefit of the community, which is what? Build a mikvah. Everyone is going to use it. But why do they have to build a mikvah? If Rebbe made a takana, that you know, that you know, takana sashavim. So Sigmar says, nah. One answer is, like Kashay Khan, the second b'risa that we just learned was before the takana of Rebbe. Like I mentioned, they made a stira from Tanan Tana. What we learned here is what they did, they made Rebbe. Rebbe was the last of the, in the last generation of the Tanoim. Before that, you would have to give back. And if you don't know from whom you stole, build a mikvah. TheAidenProject.com.org. Beide. But Rebbe, that was the Takana. And now the Gemara says, But however, I'll give you a better answer. That Rav Nachman clarified the Takana of Rebbe. That when did Rebbe say that to help him do tshuva, you don't accept the Ganifs, the professional Ganifs uh, attempted returning what he stole. That's only That's only if the item itself is not here. He stole A and he transformed it into B. Then don't take it back. But if what he stole is Ben, then you do have to give it back and you should accept it. Now I'll give you the better answer. When do you need to return it? And if you don't know who your victim is, donate it to the mikvah. That's because Kayamas. If what you stole is here, you have to give it back. Khan I asks the Gemara, second line, Avnei, the whole story of Rebbe that happened with this wife that called her husband to Reka. Even your Avnet is not yours. Avnet, the Gezela Kayamasi. And Lechorah, what did Rebbe accomplish by making the Takana? If anyways, he would have to give back the belt if he stole the belt. So the Gemara says he didn't steal that belt. My Avnet, the May Avnet. His wife was telling him that everything that you own came from the May Geneva. The Meganeva, that was the Rebbe's Takana, don't accept it. I, Frekti Gemara Vachalecha, the Gezele Kayemus, Leva Rabbana Takanto. Even before Rebbe, Rabbi Yechanan ben Gudgeda, Takanas Moresh, Takanas Hashavim, the classical Takanas Hashavim. Baharei Moresh, the beam, the person built the beam that they stole into their house, they don't have to give it back. It's Be'en. Harei Moresh, the Gezele Kayemus, even Tanana, Al Moresh, Agazul. But we learned this in getting together. A guy stole a beam and he built it into his house. That if that person, not if, when that person will do, we will all do tshuva. Don't make him take his house apart. And now obviously we're not saying that the Takan of Rebbe is the same of Takanus Moresh. But we are wondering that they already had Takanus Moresh. That you don't have to give it back. Did the Rebbe change that? Now that we're saying that the Rebbe says, only don't take back, which is Be'en. So the Gemara says, you're confusing two things. Shani Hasam, in the case of Takanas Moresh, the Kivan, the Ikip, say the Debira. Let's go, step, step, step. Step number one. If a person is not a habitual Ganif, this is very important, Allah Halamaisa. And let's be Malamut Schus. Most people, they have other incomes. Then take back the money. Let the guy do tshuva. You're helping him. If the person, everything that they have is from Gezela, that then Rebbe said like this. Number one, if what he has is Be'en, and he wants to give it back, take it back. He has to return it. With one exception, that if what he stole is here, but it's built into a building, and if he will return it, he'll have a tremendous money loss, then don't accept it. Not only that, then he doesn't have to give it back. He only has to give back the money. 
that when it comes to the beam, since there's say the beta, Shavia Rabbanan Kidalaisa, the Hahaman made it as if the beam is not existent. So he only owns the money. The money he has to give back. But if he's a professional Ghanaf and all the monies that he has is from Gazela, then even though he has to give it back, and have he made the new takana, don't accept it from him. Yavaldik, to be continued.